But you know what? Things are still unpredictable. Right. It shocked me. I don't usually go to the store um, and, and look at things. We, we spend our time eating out nearly every day. But I went to the store. I went to, I went to Dick's Sporting Goods to look for some shoes. There were lots of shoes on display, but not very many in stock. In fact, I think they've emptied out all of, their, all of the back of their stores, and they've got everything out there just to make it look like things are available. But when you really go to looking, there isn't much available. I've, I've, been, I've been at the grocery store. I went, I went to several places, and I was like, what in the world is going? I went to, I went to Dillard's, I think it was with us. It was either with Gabe or with Annie or somebody. But I went into Dillard's, and I was like, man, where's everything? There's nothing here. There's nothing here. I mean, the, the, the shelves have little things on them. But mm-hmm. it, I, how many of you are encountering the same kind of thing? It's like there, you go out and there's, there's, so, there's a lot less available today than there has been at any other time, I think, in my whole lifetime. I mean, as far as I can remember. And uh, um, I remember pretty far back. But so I, I began to think of uh, and wonder how that must be affecting people because because honestly, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, it, it don't, it, that doesn't really affect me much because I know what the Word of God says. Oh, yeah. I'm fully persuaded of what God's Word says. I know the provision that God's Word uh, gives to, to God's people. But I began to think about people that maybe haven't been as fortunate as I have been to be able to be in the Word of God every day, you know, as, I mean, I do this for a living. And so for me, you know, to, to be able to... Uh, encompass myself within the word of God and guard myself from having to be uh, in an environment that, um, that, that screams out something contrary to the, you know, do you know what I mean by that? It's like some of you, every day you're going into an environment that is hostile against everything that the word of God teaches. And you have to navigate that environment. Now, you know what? I don't, I don't necessarily have to navigate that environment because I can pretty much, you know, being a minister of the gospel, I can go, I, typically the places that I go are places where the word of God is preached. Even though I think people could do better, it's, it's better than some of the places where y'all are going to and some of the conversations y'all are having. And so here's what I want to tell you. You've got to be careful that, you're, that even though you have conversations with people and they begin to talk about how bad things are and, boy, you know, it's, it's not getting any better. Do you know what I heard? Did you watch the news last night? You know what the government's trying to do? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, every day, every day we're faced with, we're faced with a choice, a choice to live by faith in the Word of God or to live by what we see. And the Bible says that the righteous, the upright, the just shall live by faith. Amen. The just, the Bible says the just walk by faith and not by. Say, say this with me. Say, we walk by faith, we walk by faith. Not, by not by sight. So, the, you know, some people say this. The opposite of faith is fear. The opposite of faith isn't fear. According to Scripture, the opposite of faith is sight. So to walk opposite of faith, you're walking by what you now might produce fear. But if you're walking by sight, if you're walking by what you see, if you're walking by your natural senses, then I can, I can guarantee you this. The flesh can never inherit the promise of God. And so what is the promise of God? We know what the promise of God is. Let, let's read it real quick. I'm going to read it to you. And then we're, I'm, I'm not trying to... Listen, our, this church, for those of you that are visiting with us, our church... 
we got like, we got 99.5% tithers in this <clears throat> nearly everybody in this church is a tither and an offering giver we we got fat bank accounts around here the lord blesses us big time so when i and that's not a brag it's just a fact um when I preach on this, when I teach on this, it's not to persuade the 0.5% to do, to do better. When I'm preaching on this, I'm preaching on this because I know that you are constantly being bombarded to think in a different way. And I know you're going to, many of you are going to tithe whether or not you see a harvest from your tithe. Many of you are going to give offerings whether you see a harvest from your offering giving or not. You're committed to the Word of God. You're committed to doing the Word of God. But here's the thing. The enemy will try to persuade you to, to, to not press for your harvest. And right now, I'm going to tell you something. You want to talk about harvest time. This is the greatest opportunity that we, the church, have ever had to tap in to a supernatural harvest than we've ever had before. Amen. Listen, when, when times are good, that's not the time that God shines. When everybody else is prospering, that's not when God shines. That's not when, that's not when uh, the blessing of God is recognized on the life of an individual. When, when all is well in the economy, when the, when the lost are being prospered, when the heathen are being prospered, when, when everybody's being, that's not when God gets the glory. It's when there's hardship and there's difficulty for everyone else and God takes and he elevates his people above the difficulty and above the problems and he blesses them, amen, according to these, amen, according to these scriptures, the Bible says, all of a sudden we begin to have exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. So, so the Bible says uh, in uh, Malachi chapter 3, it says, uh, Verse 7, well, you know, let's, let's not do verse 7 because we've, uh, let's do verse 6. It says, for I am the Lord, I change not. In other words, God hadn't changed his mind. God is still standing in the same, some people are like, well, let him, uh, Creflo Dollar said, I don't care what Creflo Dollar said. Uh, <laughs> if he was here, we might let him say what he had to say. And he might bring some clarity to some of y'all. But essentially what I believe Creflo Dollar was trying to get across to everybody was this. If you're giving out of fear, you're giving wrong. If you're giving because you're afraid, and I'm, I'm just going to tell you what the Lord put on me. If you're, right now, you shouldn't be tithing because you're afraid not to tithe. Don't, ne- fear should never be the motivation for your tithing and your offering giving. Fear that you're going to be in trouble with God. Fear that, fear that um, if you don't give, then he's not going to provide for you. These, these kinds of things. Fear needs, to be, fear needs to be eradicated from your mind and from your heart when it comes to tithing and offering giving. And there's a real easy way to do that. You ought to give because you love God. You ought to give because you're married to him. And you want to be faithful to him. And you want to be obedient to his word. Amen. And the benefits of that, amen. Do you know, do you know when you're, uh, the, the, the relationship we have with God is like a relationship with a husband or a wife. Do you know when I'm faith, if, if I'm faithful to her, when I'm faithful to her, which is all the time, thank God, um, that, that creates an environment uh, where it's not difficult for me in the relationship. When I honor her, 
Amen. We, there, there's far less fussing. There's a lot less difficulty in getting things done in our relationship. But if I'm unfair, listen, come on now. There's some people like, oh, you know, I'm just a man. You know, I, a man's going to be a man. You're going to have problems. You can't keep your britches on. You're going to have problems. Especially if you get married and you're trying to sleep with some of the You're in trouble. See, that's why, that's why we have a, a policy around here. You know, we're trying to change the environment of the church. And as leaders at Winner's Church, we've decided we're just going to sleep with our own wives. Cut through the mess. Make it less difficult. We're just going to, amen, we're going we're to stick with our own. I'd be hearing a whole lot more amen than that. That'd be a whole lot of shouting going on. <laughs> yeah, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so that's, that's why, that, that ought to be our motivation. Now fear, I, I'm not faithful to my wife because I'm afraid of her, although there are some things to fear. I'm not, af- I'm not afraid of her. <laughs> you know, <laughs> All the stories you hear in the news of people cheating, you know, it ends up in divorce and whatnot until you get to the Hispanic women. They be cutting body parts off, putting you in the closet. It's like, so, you know, there, there are some reasons to, amen. Y'all had to loosen up today. Y'all, 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 act, like, y'all act like you're in a Presbyterian church here. <laughs> But that's, I'm not motivated by fear. I'm motivated by love, by, you know, by uh, the, the desire to be faithful, by the desire to uh, honor. And, and that's how we need to be with the Lord. See, he's the Lord. He doesn't change. He's the same. Guess what? His love for you doesn't change. His, you know, we sing a song. His love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. When the Bible talks about the love of God in in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says love bears all, believes all, hopes all, endures all. Love never, his love never fails. And so the love that he had. So when the Bible says, I am the Lord, I change not. God has always loved man and he always will love man. Period. Well, if God loves us, why would he send us to hell? He don't send us to hell. You send your own self to hell. You know, people that talk like that, they need, we need to, we need to uh, let them know. It's like, dude, he's trying to give you a parachute in, a, in an airplane that's going down, and you're refusing to take the parachute. Well, you know, I want to figure it out on my own. Uh, that's all right. I mean, but here's the parachute. There's only one. Go ahead, man. That's right. I don't know if you know this or not, but y'all are going to die. Every last one of you. Why are you reminding us? Because it's coming. You die a little more every day. Well, why would a good God send you to hell? He, that's, that's the thing. He's like, no, you know, you're on your way to hell because... <laughs> thank, we can thank Adam and Eve for that. I'm not going to get into that because Ayla should come up off that chair. But anyway... <laughs> If I, if I go to joking about it, she'd be like, come on. But 
But after the fall of man, God sent his own son to die for us. That's the parachute. That's the way out. Amen. And so now, you know, as we get on with this life, we have, we have the, the opportunity, the blessing to escape hell. So, but, but the Lord says I, I, he loved us. He always has loved us. He always will love us. That's where he's at. And we need to love him back. Amen. Verse 7, even from the days of your fathers, you're gone away from mine ordinances and not kept them. Return to me, I'll return to you, says the Lord. But you said, wherein shall we return? Well, a man robbed God, yet you've robbed me. Wherein have we robbed thee? In the tithe and in the offering. You're cursed with a curse. Uh, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not, uh, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast your fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. You know, it's in these times that, that the church ought to be a delightsome land. And so with that, I want to encourage you that as you sow your tithe, as you give your offering, um, I'm not necessarily encouraged. If you're not a tither and an offering giver, you ought to be. But because there's, there's, a, there's a blessing in it. Now, is, is, does the Lord love you anyhow? Absolutely. He loves you. Will there be non-tithers in heaven? I'm fully, listen, I'm fully persuaded I'm going to make it because I made Jesus the Lord of my life, not because I was a tither and an offering giver. The Bible says, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Doesn't say anything in there about tithing, offering, giving, you know, an hour in prayer, things like that. But these are things we want. Now I know, are you saying we don't have to do it? Well, you know, it's your choice. It really is your choice. You can do whatever you want to do. But provision has been made for you financially. If you'll put God first. He'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessing. There's not room enough to receive. But those of you that are uh, already tithers and offering givers faithful to do that, I, I don't want you to be motivated by fear, not whatsoever. Don't be afraid. If, if, if everything else is gone, you'll be supplied for. You'll be like the prophet that made a, that uh, the, uh, the famine came and, and the Lord told him, go and hide yourself by the brook Cherith. This before Jordan, he went there, and the ravens fed him there twice a day, and he drank from the brook. That's how, that's how God's provision is. God will supply all that you have need of according to his riches and glory. So uh, that's all I have to say about that. Amen. I, 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 wanted to, I wanted to tell you that because I know that, um, I know that sometimes we're tempted. I know I am, and I figure if I am, you all got to be. Sometimes we're tempted. When I went out and I was, I was witnessing that, I thought, my God, why even go out? Man, I came home, I told, Annie's like, what'd you get? I said, nothing. <laughs> She's like, well, I thought you was going to get this. I said, yeah. I said, I saw it sitting right there in living color. I held it in my hands. But when I went to get one, they're like, nope, we don't have it. I said, well, what size do you have it in? Like size 8 and a size 17. I'm like, who's going to come in here for that? They said, nobody. <laughs> they said, but you could get it online. You, could, might, you might get it online. Well, I finally I did. I finally got, you know, went online. I figured, man, you, you, I'm, I'm wondering if it's, you know, uh, 
some of these conspiracy theorists that are out there that are saying, you know, certain things, I, I, some of these things make you want to believe what they say. That somehow or another, they're trying to keep us from spending cash and keeping us in our houses and uh, uh, keeping everything online and just trying to control everything. But, but here's the thing. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. So we can't let our, we can't let our minds go. Some people say, well, I, I really believe that. It, listen, here's what you got to believe. You got to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to believe. You've you got to believe the only truth that we are positive exists. Some of the things that we're seeing online and on the news, most of it we know is, is assaulted and, and, and seasoned with lies. But we know this to be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So you know what we're going to live by? We're going to live by the truth of God's word. We're not going specu- to speculate. People say, oh, see, there's conspiracies out there. Thank God I don't have to participate. Amen. Thank God I know the truth, and the truth makes me free. Amen. And so believe the truth of God's word. Today as you sow, apply it to your life, and let's, let's trust the Lord for increase for every one of us. If you're, if you're uh, participating in Superseed, it's week number uh, nine of Superseed. And so $9 over and above our tithing offering for those of us that are superseders. And uh, if you want a text to give, you could text uh, uh, Winter's Church 77977. And then also there are envelopes in the back of the chairs if you want to give a check, if you want to give uh, cash. You can give that way. Praise God. I know I took a few minutes here on uh, the tithe and the offering, but I wanted I want to make sure that you keep your focus and your attention on the Lord Jesus alone. Amen. Amen. All right, let's pray over our offering. Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have to be able to sow, to give today. Lord, as we give, may it be given back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, Lord. Cause men to give into our bosom and, and cause us to be the men that give into the bosom oh, of another. Yes, Lord. Lord, let us be dream fulfillers. Let us be those, God, who help others to accomplish, Lord, what they've not been able to accomplish. God, before I pray, Lord, that the that that now is the time, that these are the days that people will walk into Winner's Church and someone will write a check to pay off their debts. In the name of Jesus. Lord, that some will write a check for them to start their business. That some will write a check, Lord, uh, for them to, to launch them into, into your destiny uh, for their lives. Lord, that ministry will uh, flow out of this place because provision is here. That people that have carried your dream in their hearts for years that haven't been able to, to go, that they'll go because you quicken something in the hearts of your people here in this place. And they'll, they'll be able to go and to, to fulfill your purpose because you found people in this house that were faithful uh, to be obedient, Lord, with what you put in their hands. And so, God, I pray multiplied blessings upon your people in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we thank you for the privilege once again. In Jesus' name, and everybody that believed it shouted amen. Amen. All right. You can bring your tithe. You can bring your offering. If you have visitor's cards, you can drop it in the offering plate at this point in time. You can bring your offering anytime during this service. The basket will be up here somewhere in the front. Make sure that you make a note. We have quite a few people missing today. And uh, make sure that you uh, make a note of who's not here. And uh, 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 give them, uh, pick up the phone and give them a call um, this week. Make sure that they're uh, doing well. And... Um, Boy, listen, some of the men that are coming to our church, this, this fellow here, y- y'all, he's like a statue, man. He, y'all are starting to make me feel bad. I mean, Eric, I'm going to start calling Eric Slim. Dude, how much did you drop, Eric? 100 and 
No, 200 pounds. Eric has dropped 200 pounds in the last year. I'm not going to ask Shelby, but I know, we know Shelby. Huh? Come on, Jesus. She's ready to tell it. Then you got Michael over here having to put his, force his arms down just to play his guitar. He'd be walking, he'd be walking around like this, right? Like the, like the Incredible Hulk. And then you got me and Ted. <laughs> All we got is table muscle, but we're, we're going to change that, aren't we, Ted? Listen, he ain't going to say nothing. See, he, he's like, I cannot tell a lie. Behold, I am Ted. I change not. <laughs> it's gravy time. It's gravy time. Who was it that said there was a gravy restaurant? Was it you? Good gravy. Good Huh? Yeah, there's one here too. It's, it's called Good Good Gravy. Amen. Ted's a gravy uh, connoisseur. All right, praise the Lord. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna preach to y'all. Go to verse Second Kings. Second Kings. Oh. <laughs> Glory to God. You know what Tyler said? Uh, he preached there at Queen City. Great, great message that he preached, um, what he shared. And I'm going to share similarly today with you. You know, there's revivals all over the place. God's, God's moving and he's working. The, today was the final uh, scheduled day of the revival in uh, Asbury. So they will no longer have any more services there. They've concluded their revival services there in Kentucky where... Uh, where for most people, you know, something began to, they, where the nation and the world became aware that God was doing something was as a result of what uh, happened there. Of course, we, uh, again, most of you know that here at our church, it was in January that we started to experience an outpouring of God's Spirit, and not just us, but there were lots of churches that began to experience an outpouring of God's Spirit in a very uh, unusual manner. And so, listen, we are a we are a spirit-filled, spirit-led church. Yes. Oh, yeah. Amen. Yes. Now, here, here's the thing about us is that we're spirit-led. We're not trying to push it. Back in the day, we used to try to push the spirit on people. You know, you know, when I, you know how I met Ted? I met Ted at church one day because Ted, <laughs> we were both thin. I had a lot of hair. Ted had a lot of hair. Well, he had a little bit of hair. But anyway, it was thin. But... Uh, um, I met him at a church in South Oklahoma City called a Dayspring, and here, for, first time I saw Ted, um, he was coming out of the side of the of the stage because the choir would come in from the sides. For, they had two rooms in the side, and they would come in from the side. Well, Ted came out, and he's got a choir robe on, and he's and he's giving it this number when he's coming out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's flapping the robe, Carolyn. And he's making like he's flying. I was like, who in the world? <laughs> I thought, who in the world is that? And it was Ted. Now, I didn't know this, but Debbie, you know, is on the, in the choir as well. But after church, man, I worshiped God with all my might that day. But after church, they made a beeline toward me, both of them. They didn't even speak to one another. They just met uh, where I was at because the Lord had put it on both of their hearts that they needed to introduce themselves to me. So I was... I was 
the ripe old age of 16. And uh, that was my first time, first time I met Ted. Now listen, when I met Ted and Debbie, you know, they were already hauling around three kids. And, you know, I'm a 16-year-old. Ted was 24. Debbie was 25. I'm thinking they're a couple of old folks. Because when you're 16, anybody, you know, it's in their 20s, you think they're just, you know, out, they, they, they've reached their expiration date. But anyway, um, and, t- and listen, I came, my background was I was a hood. That's what, we call, that's what people called us. We were, I was a hood. Ted was a goat roper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so that's, that, those were the terms we used back then. So we came from opposite ends of the spectrum. So that first day I met Ted, it wasn't like I was like, well, I'd like to talk to that fella again. I actually didn't want to have anything to do with that fella because I thought he was unusual. I thought he was strange. And, uh, but anyway, the next time we met, and I'm trying to get to some, a point, the next time we met, we met at a, at a, a home a, where... A bunch of people from our church got together in this house, and I thought it was a a prayer meeting, Bible study. Well, what they really got together for was they wanted to figure out how they could push dancing in church on everybody. Because bless God, we're a spirit-filled church, and if you're a spirit-filled church, you ought to dance. So let's figure out how we can make everybody dance. And, of course, I got in there, and I was like, y'all ain't going to make nobody dance. I mean, here, here I am, 16 years old. I've been born again for a year, and I'm thinking, what's wrong with these people? They're crazy. You can't make people. Why would, why would we want to try to make anyone dance? It wouldn't even be. The Lord, would, doesn't even want, the Lord don't even want their dance if it doesn't come out of their heart. If we made them do it, 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 wouldn't, make, it wouldn't mean nothing to God. That was my thinking. But sometimes spirit, spirit-filled people uh, sometimes we want to try to push our, you know, push our thing. And around here, we try to be led by the Spirit. So I, I'll say this. Um, anything can happen. Right. And sometimes does. Right. It can be very unexpected when the Spirit of God breaks out, kind of like what we've seen happen in this, in this nation. But, you know, that any, any move of God that has been impactful has been the same way. It's been inspired by the Spirit, not inspired by people that are Spirit-filled people that had a good idea, that thought, you know what, uh, this would, I think this would make sense. I think this would be good. You know, some, some good things have happened from, from a good-intentioned people, but when, God's, when, when something is God's idea, it takes on a supernatural, uh, it takes on a supernatural influence. All of a sudden, it's, it's supernaturally effective. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And so let's, let's go here. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1. It says, Then Elisha said, hear ye, uh, hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, the prophet said this, Behold, thou shalt, shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. What, what an incredible uh, scripture. Um, the, let, me, let me give you some context here. The prophet Elisha had prophesied that there would be a famine. 
And when he prophesied that there would be a famine, he said this, this famine isn't going to go away until God says it goes away, until the word of the Lord comes. Well, finally, we're reading in, here in the seventh chapter of 2 Kings, and this is where the Lord declares that the famine is coming to an end. But notice how the Lord says the famine is coming to an end. He said, tomorrow at about this time. Say this with me. Say, tomorrow at about this time. Say it again. Say it one more time. When God moves supernaturally, he doesn't really move in what we would consider to be a progressive, uh, 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 how do you say, uh, <laughs> a practical, logical steps. In fact, most of the time, when God steps in to, to fulfill one of his promises and to do what God does, he does it in a very spectacular and supernatural fashion. And you know what? Uh, I don't know about y'all, but I like spectacular. You know, some people said, um, some people had said about the Asbury Revival in Kentucky that's been going on for the last several weeks. Uh, you know, don't go to witness the spectacular. You don't understand. God shows up in a spectacular fashion because he wants people to come and see the spectacle. It's only, it's only we as men that try to men because we're like, well, that, that causes a circus. Guess what? God is, <laughs> I don't know if you understand this or not, but when God moves, he's moving for the purpose of getting the attention of the world. He's not moving just so that we, the church, can be, you know, uh, in our, you know, in our little prayer circle, praying and, and just say, ooh, isn't that nice? So that we can be gathered in our little worship groups and whatever. That's, that's not why when God shows up, God shows up because he intends on flexing. Amen. 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 He intends on flexing his, his, his muscles. He, he's, he's, he's wanting to demonstrate his might. And Elisha, this is exactly what he was prophesying to these people at the end of this famine. He didn't say this famine. How many of you know that famines don't come to an end overnight? We live in Oklahoma. We've had droughts here. You don't just end a drought overnight. It takes time to end a drought. It takes time for, because if you're in a famine, animals have died off, crops have died off, the, the rain has stopped, things have withered to nothing. I mean, there's absolutely nothing. And so for crops to be restored, for cattle to be restored, for, for animals to come back, that's, that's going to take time. It takes time to get more animals. It takes time for those animals to birth more animals. It takes time to plant crops, uh, for those crops to be watered, for there to be, uh, uh, for there to be a harvest. It, it takes time until you get a word from God. Until God shows up and does what only God can do. Do you know God's not trying to show up to do what we can do? Are y'all hearing me today? See, we've got, to, we've got to get our eyes off of what we think we can accomplish. God's not trying to accomplish what we can accomplish. God's trying to do something that we're not capable of doing. He's trying to move in ways that we're not capable of, of, of moving. 
Amen. So the word of the Lord through Elisha is tomorrow at about this time, essentially he's saying this, the famine is going to come to an end. How many of you know that every time God says something, especially something of that nature, you know, um, I said something one time, in fact, I preached a message one time, I preached this, faith talks big. Faith talks big. Do you know why faith talks big? Because faith don't talk what it sees. Faith talks what God says. We see, we see an example of it in the beginning. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, um, um, now, uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So what does Hebrews say? By faith, we understand that God framed the world with his words. So when we go back to Genesis and we look at God's faith working, I mean, in the first few verses of Genesis, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. The spirit of God was moving uh, over the face. That, 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 uh, and the spirit of God was moving there. But it was dark. What were the conditions in Genesis 1? It, it, was, it was dark. It was void. It was without form. And the spirit was there moving. You know, the Spirit's always been moving. He's never quit. When your life is without form and void and dark, the Spirit of God is there moving. You're just unaware of it. Do you know what the Spirit of God is waiting for? Do you know what the Spirit of God is waiting for? He's waiting for someone to get a word from God and to speak by faith. Do you know why, do you know why the Spirit hadn't done anything with, with what was for, without form and void and dark? Because he didn't have a word yet. Because he hadn't been commanded yet. Because there hadn't been that release yet. But, but what does the Bible say? The next thing that the Bible says, And God said. And God said. What did God say? God didn't say. Boy, it's dark. He didn't say, man, look at that mess. Do y'all see this man? God didn't say any of that. Do you know God never acknowledged the darkness? God never acknowledged the negative. God never acknowledged the, the, what he saw. God doesn't move by... We, God doesn't walk by sight. God knew what he wanted. And you know what he wanted? He wanted light. And so God said, let there be light. What came next? There was. Because instantly the Spirit moved to bring to pass what God said. Amen. You know what, church? I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not really... Uh, I, know that, I know there are going to be many miracles that happen in these last days. I know there are going to be people that have lots of different experiences in these last days. We're experiencing things um, and have experienced things in our lives and in our ministry that have been extraordinary, supernatural. Some of you have heard the testimonies of the things that we've seen and heard God do. But you know what? Those aren't the things I'm looking for. 
You know, there's, there's some people that are praying for revival. Do you know, I have never prayed for revival. I've always prayed for the things that I know will produce revival. Do you know what will produce revival? Us getting in the presence of God. But not only getting in the presence of God, because the Bible, again, the Bible says the earth was without form, void, darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord was moving. See, God's Spirit can be present, and circumstances not change. Ezekiel in the valley of dry bones. Y'all remember that? The Bible said, Ezekiel said, I was caught up in the spirit. And he said, and I was, a, I, was in a, I was on a hill overlooking a valley that was full of dry bones. And lo, they were very dry. And the Bible says that God said, God was there with him in that valley. Amen. You know what, church? Sometimes we, are, we fall short when we just ask God to show up. Right. Because God can show up and absolutely nothing change. Right. We don't just need for him to show up. That's a, part of, that's a part of what we want. It's a part of what we need. We know that. Listen, we're a spirit-filled church. We're not filled with the spirit sometimes when we get together. We're filled with the spirit all the time. But here's, here's, here's where sometimes we miss it. I'm not saying all the time, but here's where sometimes we, sometimes we, we miss it here. We, we miss it in that we think that just him being here is enough. Listen, God showed up here before he showed up in Asbury, and we didn't have thousands of people lining up to get in here. What God, what God did here didn't produce the same results as what God did there. Isn't that right? How many of you have been... Well, I saw Eric posted something on Facebook a couple days ago about revival, uh, and he, they, he, he had a video, and he was like, he's like, I don't understand why everybody is all... The, he said, my pastor goes places, has 30 weeks, 40 weeks, 50 weeks of revival, and nobody says nothing. Now all of a sudden they have something over here, and everybody's like, ooh. And so I could, I could, I could hear, now listen, that may be a part of why I'm preaching this message, because um, you have to be careful. Listen, observe that. What you're, what you're observing is right. But you know what? What we're not observing, what we... What, what sometimes we don't see is that God doesn't move. God doesn't do the same thing. Right. You are right. Go ahead now. God doesn't do the same thing with everybody everywhere. Amen. Yeah, Rick's like, this week it is not me. That was Gabe setting an alarm for himself. He knows this about the time he wakes up during the sermon. <laughs> we 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 got we got to be careful that we don't that we that we're like um, why there and not here, and that we begin to say stuff like this because this were there are a lot of pastors right now. They're not saying nothing. This is why you don't hear a lot of people talking about what's happened. A lot of pastors, you don't hear them commenting. And, and some pastors that do comment, they're like, praise God for what he's doing, you know, in this nation. But you know where a lot, of, a lot of pastors, a lot of ministers, not just pastors, but evangelists, people that are in field ministry, people that are prophetic people, people that, that um, believe they have, the, they, they have their finger on the pulse of what God is doing 
and hear and know. Here, here's, here's the truth of it. God only tells you what he wants you to know. And I'm, I'm going to let you in on a, on a huge secret that has evaded the church for years. He don't tell you everything. You know why? Because you don't need to know everything. You don't need to know everything. In fact, the less you know, the better off you are. Because God go to telling you something, you think he wants you to do it. God called me to ministry. I'm going to go into the ministry. Yeah, like you're going to do that. Now you're going to quit your job. You're going to struggle. You're going to blame it on the devil. You're going to blame it on uh, religious church. All these churches, they, these churches don't let nobody <laughs> preach. No, no, they don't let you preach. Oh, praise the Lord. I know. See, I, I can feel it. It's kind of sensitive. It's kind of sensitive. It's this man. No, it had nothing to do with man. You know, if God called you to ministry, you better, you better, you better involve him. He, he better be in the middle of that, leading you and guiding you and showing you what to do. Because it's hard enough to do the will of God when it's his will. If you're going to go do something that you think God said that he didn't really say, it, it's, it grows even exponentially more difficult. I, I, I do have good news. I'm not, I'm not trying to rebuke you. Right now, there are pastors that are thinking, what's wrong with us? Why doesn't it happen here? And there are others that are thinking, oh, it's a formula. If I'll open up my church and if we'll just stick a bunch of people in there and make them stay there like they did at Asbury. So they're getting with their youth group and like, hey, we're going to lock you in. Just stay here. It'll break out if you just stay in here. And so some people trying to recreate what they've seen, trying to, trying to uh, uh, imitate what they've seen. But you know, really, here, here's the word of the Lord for all of us. Tomorrow, th- listen, this isn't just Asbury's word. This isn't just uh, a, a word for uh, eight, people aged 19 to 20. That's the other thing. People trying to categorize this as being a move of Generation Z. Listen, I've got news for you. When God looks at man, do you, know the, do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says because of his grace, there is neither uh, black, white, male, female, bond, free. In fact, when God looks at us, he don't see age. He don't see gender. He don't see back. All he sees is his people, and he sees what's in our heart. We're the body. He's the head. And where the head goes, the body ought to follow. Are y'all hearing me today? Yes. Listen, I, but, but, when you, but when you start doing that, you know what you start to do? You start to have a, then you have a cause. We're, we're for gener- we are for Generation Z. And now they have a cause, you know. And instead of joining, instead of joining with the Lord and what the Lord's doing, they start joining with what the cause is doing. Right. The agenda that's trying to be pushed. See, as the church, we, we can fall into those same traps. Are y'all hearing me today? We can fall into those same traps if we're, if we're not careful. Every one of us. You know what? God, God does use us to, to go and to minister and to preach revival. And I don't see much difference in what happened over there as what we were doing. 
uh, except for this. He did it in a Methodist, Methodist Bible college. That's a big deal. That he's doing it on any college campus. Are y'all kidding me? Those, have you ever talked to college people? They're right in that age zone where they think they know everything and you know nothing. They don't even know how to wipe their own backside. They're barely out of diapers and they know everything. I mean, 13, 15, that's tough. But when you get them up there 19 to 25, my God. They got a little money. They can buy their own cheeseburger. They can have anything that they want. Well, then you got to let them go a little bit. Ooh, I know. See, some, some, some in here are like, why are you talking to me that way, Pastor? I'm not talking to you specifically, just in generalizations. Are you all still with me? I promise I'm going to get you out of here before two. No, I'll get you out of here in a second. What's true for all of us is we have this promise from God. This is our word. Tomorrow, at about this time. Tomorrow, at about this time. Everything's going to change. Everything's going to change. The things that we thought were set in stone, they're not set in stone. The things that we believed about God that he would do, it may not be that way. I never dreamed that we would be seeing what, what is happening in this nation happening in the way that it is. I, I, never, I never saw it coming. And, and, I'm, and I, God has shown me lots of stuff, but he didn't show me that. But I don't feel bad. You know why? I know why he didn't show me, because I might have tried to mess it up. I might have tried to interject myself into it. I may have tried to, to, to uh, become a part of it in a way that he never intended for me to be. Is the fact that God doesn't have me being a participant of what he's doing over there, does that mean I'm left out? No, it means that's not my part. But if they had a tomorrow at about this time, then guess what? You have a tomorrow at about this time. If they had a suddenly, guess what? God has a suddenly for you. Amen. See, we, we've got to, we've got to, uh, we're, we're spirit-filled. We're spirit-led. And so far, the spirit hadn't led us in the same way that he's led others. And he hadn't filled us in the same way he's been filling. But now he has filled us in, to a, in, a, in, a, in a, well, he's filled us to overflowing. But not in the same way, because we've gotten pretty rowdy. I mean, we've been up in here drunk in the Holy Ghost. Laid out on the floor, needing designated drivers from January until now. That's not something that's happening all, all over the place in, in that manner. Some of us are getting joy, joy that causes us to be beside ourselves. Some of us are, are, are beginning to function in gifts of the Spirit. So, so we're, we're, we're being filled to overflow. But God has, something, God has something for us that maybe isn't just exactly like what He's doing in some other place. Now, Tomorrow at about this time, the famine's coming to an end. Now, here's, here's what will always happen. And, and this is what I'm looking for. Maybe I should put this in here. So it's, I'm not just looking for God to show up. I'm looking for God to tell me, to, to speak to me, to give me a word about what he wants to do with me in this season. 
See, some of you have been, some of you have been disconnected. You know, some people haven't been connected since 2020. Some people were plugged in to a church. They had a home church. They had a family of people that they, that they met with, believers, the family of God. They were a part of a family of God. But then 2020 hit and churches shut down and pastors began to have services from their living room and, and broadcasted on, on a YouTube. And there was a, there was a great exodus out of the church. Some people tried to uh, spin that as being positive saying that the church has left the building and that that was a positive thing. No, we didn't leave the building. We was locked out of the building. Come on. There's a difference between intentionally, purposefully leaving the building to do what God wants you to do and being locked out. And now some people haven't been able to find their way back to that. You're not getting out of here anytime soon. Turn your alarms off. I'm, did y'all know I'm keeping all the young people after, and we're going to study the whole book of uh, Lamentations, one scripture at a time. And the next week, the Song of Solomon. <laughs> I ought to quit acknowledging it. They probably do it because they know I'm going to say something. But anyway, <clears throat> where was I at? Now I'm <laughs> we, we, every time we get into his presence, we ought to be looking for what he says. Okay. We, ought to be, we ought to be really pressing in and tuning our ear to hear a word from God, to hear what he's saying to us about this season of our lives. Listen, you've got to be careful not to be wrapped up in the things of life, in the cares of life, in the goings-on of this. Some of you don't understand that some of the things that he had you busy with in the previous season weren't meant uh, to... Uh, some people think that God put them into... Let me just let me put it out there like this. Uh, some people started businesses, and they assumed that God had them start businesses because this is what he was going to have him... Uh, have them commit themselves to in this last time, and it had something to do with their future. Some of you don't know that God only had you meddling in business so that you could discover some of the gifts that he hid in you that he intends for you not to use to do business, but to do his work. Amen. 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 That's right. And some of y'all... Some of y'all, your businesses are going to fail, and when they fail, you're going to be disheartened because you didn't go into it with the right attitude and with the right heart, Jesus being Lord over it. Some of you, God has shifted you around and put you in different places, and listen, you have to identify, things are, things are shifting quickly, and what you're doing today, you may not be doing tomorrow. Where you have your hands today, that may not be where God is. That's why, that's why we as God's people, we have to tune our ear to hear a word from God. Amen. We've got to be careful how devoted we become to something that could be here today and gone tomorrow. It's dangerous for you to assume that things are always going to be the way that they are. If you're broke, it's not safe for you to assume that you're going to be broke tomorrow. 
If you have all and you abound, listen, that's not to say God won't ask you for every dime of it tomorrow. That God won't ask you, uh, like, like Paul said, I both know how to be abased and how to abound. Both to, both to, uh, uh, to, to give out and to suffer need. I think if there's any lesson that we, have, we ought to have learned over the last two or three years should have been this, that um, if things can change, they will change. Change is inevitable. You know, the Bible promises that. When the Bible says, behold, I do a new thing, will you not know it? You know what that scripture is saying? Things are going to change. Oh, yeah. But will you be able to perceive it? Will, amen. Will you be able to discern it? Will you be able to know what it is that I'm doing? You know, there's a lot of people running around right now with uh, like chickens with their heads cut off trying to figure out why God didn't do it with them. Why not our church, Lord? And then there's some people trying to interject something that's happening in another place right into their church. You know what? We, uh, starting in, in March, I think Hilda... I think Hilda already announced it. Starting in March, we're going to get together for what we're going to call Miracle Mondays. You know how long uh, we've got it planned for? For the month of March. Will we make it through the month of, Mar month of March every Monday? Maybe. We might get two Mondays in and say, nah, I think that's over. I think we did what we were supposed to do, and I think we need to move off of that. Am I talking to anybody here today? Church, I've been, I've been telling you all this for, for years and years. I hope you all will hear this today. I've been telling you all this for years. You've got to be careful that you put God first. The opportunities that he gives you today, you, you've got to discern why he gave you those opportunities. Why did he open up this door? We can make assumptions based on... I'm, there, there was a guy one time, he started a church. You know what? I had a word for him. In fact, some of you are here. Uh, you, you came out of uh, that church. But when he, he, was, he, was, the, uh, he was a leader in, a, in another church. And while he was a leader in this other church, the Lord, the Lord gave me a word for him. And I said, the Lord has you here because he wants, to, he wants you to glean from this particular individual's ministry. Stay tucked in under this ministry because um, God's going to use you. God's called you to labor here. God has called you to do this. God has called you to be here. This is your place. Oh, yeah. Well, it wasn't long after that that he wasn't there no more. And he went down the road and he started a church. And he started a church because... Um, I think he got his drawers in a bunch over something that had happened in that church. And so he went and he left and he started another church. And he, he's like, I believe God told me to start this. In fact, uh, the, you know, the Facebook messages start going out. Man, I know the Lord told us to do this because you know what happened? Someone gave us a bunch of chairs. We got 200 chairs for free. Oh, so you get 200 chairs for free means God wants you to start a church? That's how you, that's how you determine whether that's what God wants you to do is because God gave you 200 chairs. Y'all need, need to really listen to me. 
Well, you know what? We just, someone just gave us a PA system. Woo! We're blessed. Boy, the Lord is supplying everything that we have. Do you know the devil will give you stuff? <laughs> the, the devil, if the, if the devil thinks he can keep you off of what God has for you, he'll get in there and he'll give you stuff just to get you off track. And so many of us, that's the way we've tried to follow the leading of the Spirit is by whether we got chairs or whether... Well, you know what? They had a whole church. Everything on the inside was furnished. The walls were decorated. And everything they had gotten, they got for free. And it was the blessing of the Lord. And they asked me to come to the first service, to their launch. Not their first service, but their launch in the building. And I went, and when I, when I got up to preach, I said, you know, I gave you a word, said don't leave where you left from. <laughs> Listen, th- maybe this is why some people don't invite your pastor to preach someplace. But anyway, I, th- I thought, I, thought I, I just told him, I said, I just wanted my, I said, you know, um, and I, tr- I tried to say this, Miss Rhonda. You, I, you weren't there by then, I don't think. W- w- was she there? I, I don't know if y'all remember me saying this, but I said this. I said, y'all, y'all. I said, y'all are saying, well, you know, we got these chairs and this is the blessing of the Lord. I said, but that's not how you, you determine whether God wants you to do something or not. Now, I wasn't being ugly. I just told them straight up. I said, you know what? Um, I, believe that, I, believe what, I believe you have a right heart. And I believe that you're here because you couldn't stay where you were. I believe you had to go because circumstances dictated that you have to leave. But... Don't ever allow yourself to be led by natural circumstances and by stuff. Let the word of the Lord guide. That's what I was my message that day. Let the word of the Lord guide you. Let God tell you where he's taking you. Go ahead, man. You know, it's like with Eric or with uh, Michael and Twyla or with, with, with any of uh, Hilda. You know, Hilda, um, Annie, Tyler Nayla. There are a lot of you. Uh, Cherie, there are a lot of you that I've talked to. Uh, Anna, Eric, Eric is, Eric's been flipping houses. That, that, might be, that might be a direction that the Lord is taking Eric. But you know what? That might have been God trying to show Eric some gifts that were in him. Right. And he may flip two houses and the Lord say, okay, that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Lord, I really like this. Lord told me to start a business. That don't mean I'm okay. Listen, y'all, I'm going to tell you right now, that sure don't mean I'm going to keep doing what God told me to do in that business. Go ahead now. I will ride the wave until it leads me to where God intended for me to go. But you know, sometimes we, we overcommit to things that God sends us in our lives, assuming that it means something that it doesn't. Does that make sense? That's why we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. That's why we tune our ear to hear a word from God. That's why we be spirit-led. That when the Holy Ghost tells us, now I'm not, I'm not talking about flaky stuff. Some people are like, well, the Lord told me to do this. And then the next day they're like, Lord told me to quit. No, God's not schizophrenic. You're going to come out of that with something, with whatever it is he's telling you. Hilda, you know, she was committed to executive work. 
she still works for a, a company, a large company, large corporation here in Oklahoma City. But she said, in my heart, she said, something has shifted. And I know that all that the Lord has done with me here, he did it with me there because he intended for me to, to uh, apply some of these things that I have realized out of my life toward the kingdom. You know, you know what's going to make some of y'all afraid? Is when you get used to that paycheck coming in that was generated by some of the things God told you to do, and God says, drop it. That's, that's why some of y'all shouldn't elevate your lifestyle right now. That's why some of y'all should stay with your same car and stay in your same house. Now may not be the time to make that move. Oh, I'm going to have to quit. The natives are restless. Natives are restless. <laughs> let, me, let me point one last thing out. Verse 2. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord were to make windows in heaven, might this thing be? There's this fellow that's been with the king and been with him so long that the king depends on him. And he hears the word of the Lord and he says this, if God were to make windows in heaven, could it even happen? I mean, is it really going to happen that way? Could it really happen that way? I mean, can God just come in and in one day, tomorrow, in one day, in one day, everything turn around? Listen in Asbury, Kentucky. One day they had a chapel service. 30 kids wouldn't leave. How many, how many weeks later? Eight weeks later? Are we eight weeks later? Seven weeks? Seven or eight weeks? Seven or eight weeks later, hundreds of thousands of people have gone to Kentucky to be in that. You've got to start believing for those suddenlies in your life. You've got to start tuning your ear to hear God say the things that will change your circumstances in a 24-hour period of time. And we, and we see that throughout Scripture. God didn't just do that one time. God did that over and over and over and over and over again. Jesus talked to a fig tree. 24 hours later, it's gone. It's laying over dead on its side, cursed from the roots. Jesus spoke it. And in one 24-hour period of time, everything changed. You know what happens when we, when we resist the Word of God? And that's what, you're not, you're not going to, listen, you're not going to find me resisting what God's doing. There's a, there's a lot that you, when you scrutinize churches, church people, moves of the Spirit, listen, you're not, it don't take long for you to start finding uh, issues with it. Well, you know, I can't get with that. And so, some issues are deal breakers. People start getting out of way, way far away from the Word of God. They start believing that, you know, cows ride tractors in heaven and, and there are jello, you know, swimming pools full of jello and, and biscuit trees and gravy fountains. You, you gotta, I mean, you got to draw the church. You have to draw the line. You can't, you, you can't get so far beyond Scripture. 
I mean, I, I, can, I can see telling stories and just, you know, just laughing. I mean, wouldn't it be nice to have a biscuit tree and a gravy fountain? I said, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to be thinking about your belly in heaven. You're not going to care if cows ride tractors or tractors ride cows. <laughs> things we care about here, we're not going to care about. Them. Not, not, the, not the trivial things. Heck, when we get there, God's going to look at us. And he, he, we're going to say, Lord, I got it right. He's like, no, nah, but you get in anyhow. You know, none of us have a corner on truth. That's for sure. People look at meetings we have. You know, you know the problem they mainly have is they have a problem with me talking about finances. They have a problem with the fact that I own an airplane. And they don't like it when people start to get filled with the Holy Ghost and uh, get what we call drunk in the Holy Ghost. Oh, and they don't like the healing either. You know, they don't like people to get healed. It's okay to talk about it. Just don't like try to, just don't try to show us it happened. Go ahead, man. You know, and I found out you get a million people healed, still don't impress nobody. I told y'all that testimony of that big church in Winter's Church. I took their name over in Florida. Well, they're not Winter's Church no more. They, now they're Faith, Faith Coast Church. We may, have been, we may have played a role in that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> people, instead of people associating us with them, they were associating them with us. And I'm, I don't think they like that too much. <laughs> but anyway, I was, I was preaching there, you know, 3,000 people. And a young man came forward. He came forward to give his heart to the Lord. I led him in a sinner's prayer, then got a word of knowledge. He was deaf in one ear. So I told him, I said, you're, you're deaf in one ear? I said, who else is deaf here? Several people came forward. Uh, some people had partial hearing loss. This kid was completely deaf in one of his ears. I stuck my fingers in his ears, cursed the, cursed the, the deaf spirit, pulled my fingers out of his ears. When I pulled my fingers out of his ears, the Lord had healed him. Perfect here. I was, I was talking. I had him plug his good ear. I was talking. I was whispering. Totally, totally healed. I, I've got him on the platform in front of 3,000 people. Totally healed. Thank you, Jesus. His phone rang. Rick, you're, you weren't alone, brother. Amen. His phone rang. Right there on the platform in front of 3,000 people, that dude's phone started ringing. I, you know what I told him? I said, you better answer. It might be Jesus calling you. I don't know what possessed me to say that, probably the Spirit of God, but I, I said it. He was like, hello, and he, he, he held the phone up. He's like, yeah, uh-huh. So he takes the phone, he puts it on the ear that was deaf. He's like, yep, yeah, uh-huh, yes, I can. I can hear you. Okay. And he closed his phone. Well, right then, a man came walking down the aisle. Okay. Now, this young man, he looked like he might be uh, uh, Middle Eastern. The man coming down the aisle was definitely Middle Eastern. So he came walking down that aisle. And, and uh, I, said, I said, who's this? He said, oh, that's, the, that's my dad. He just called me on the phone. That's my dad. I said, your dad is in the building, and he called you on the phone? I was like, you called him on the phone? And when his father got to me, he said, yeah, I wanted to find out if he really got healed. 
I said, well, he did. He could hear you. He goes, I know. He said, sir, I'm a Muslim, but I'd like to give my heart to Jesus. I led him in his sinner's prayer. That guy gave his heart to Jesus, was slain under the power of the Spirit. That Listen, he didn't know what slain in the Spirit was. He's Muslim. I, I led him in a sinner's prayer. I put my hand on his head, and down he went like a sack of potatoes. Picked him up, laid hands on him again. He began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave him utterance. Tears in his eyes. He looked at me. He said, will the Lord heal my brother of epilepsy? I said, bring your brother. God will heal him of epilepsy. The next day at 5 p.m., they were on the front row waiting for service to start at 7. Do you know know, the only people that were affected by that miracle was that man and his family? You know, we didn't get a shout. We didn't get people running to repentance. We didn't get... Because some people are like, well, if the Lord were to make windows in heaven, might this thing be? You know what? You need to believe extra. You need to believe above. What, what, What kind of miracle do you need today? Is it financial? Then you know what? You need to believe God for a miracle. Is it physical? I'm going to tell you something. I need some miracles in my body. I need some miracles in my body. We need some miracles in our family. We need for God to do something extraordinary for us. And we need it all the time. Every day. Every day. You know what? When God gives me uh, these miracles that he's going to give me, I'm going to need other ones too. They'll be, they'll be coming. But we are, we are in, how many of you need for God to show up in an extraordinary way in some place in your life? Then you know what? Right now, I want you to begin to believe extra. I want you to begin to believe above. I want you to begin to believe beyond. I want you to begin to expect the miraculous. Listen, don't let this world bully you and lull you into a place of lethargy. Don't allow yourself to become one of those ones that says, if the Lord were to make windows in heaven, might this thing be? You know what Eric's post should have provoked? Eric's post, if people were really hungry for revival, in my mind, what Eric's post should have provoked is people saying, man, where can we come be a part of one of these revivals? Not one comment. Now, he, he barely got a like, which shows the condition of, of, of this world, of the church. Don't be as picky and as choosy as all these others. Are y'all hearing me today? Let's, l- listen, let's not be that group. Let's not be, come on, Gabe. Let's not be those ones. Let's, let's not be those that try to pick and choose what we're going to take. Listen, tomorrow at about this time, your famine is coming to an end. Tomorrow, Carolyn, someone could write you a fat check. And not based on your past. You know, some people are like, well, if Carolyn, you know, if Carolyn would just do this, if Carolyn would just do that. Listen, how many of us have been guilty uh, when we look at someone's life of thinking if they would just do something different, then they could expect something more? Come on. But you know what? God showed up for me when I did stupid stuff, when I made mistakes, when I wasn't cutting the mustard, when I wasn't above the bar. God showed up for me when I, you know, uh, first, first uh, four or five years that uh, we had established the Evangelistic Association, I was unaware of the fact that I was supposed to be filing a, a 990 tax form every year. 
And for four years, I didn't file this tax form. Do you know God blessed us anyhow, even though I was below the bar? I did get a fat bill, a fat bill from the IRS. 35K. Yeah, amen. They're like, hey, you didn't file this. I'm like, well, we don't pay taxes. They said, that's not tax. That's penalty and interest for not filing the paper. I said, so I don't owe money, but you could charge me penalty and interest for not giving you a piece of paper? They said, yes, sir. I remember my accountant, he was like, you have the money, you need to pay it. I said, no, I ain't, go, I ain't giving them my money. Are you crazy? This God's people's money. They don't want this to go to the IRS. They want this to go to win the loss, to heal the sick, to cast out devils, to raise the dead. I said, send them a letter. He said, a letter. He said, you don't understand, Brother Ziggy. He was, a, he was an Indian fellow. He's like, you don't understand, Brother Ziggy. They, will, they don't want a letter. They want money. He said, and you have it. Just pay it. I said, no, sir. I said, write a letter. He said, what do you want me to say? I said, uh, tell them we didn't know. He said, you can't tell them that. I said, tell them we didn't know. He sent it off, Rick. Six months later, we get another letter from the IRS. Doesn't matter whether you knew or not. Now the bill is 40K. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect. He said, he said, Brother Ziggy, I think you should send the money before it becomes more. He said, you have it to send. This, this won't affect you too much. Just send it. I said, no, send him a letter. Tell him, tell him we're sorry. We won't ever do it again, which I did it this year. But anyway, uh, we were switching accounts. But anyhow, <laughs> pray for me. But this was a long time ago, so this is the first time since then. But I said, send that letter. So he sent him the letter. He's like, this isn't going to work. He was, he, was, he was being the man on whose hand the, the king leaned on. If the Lord were to make windows in heaven, might this thing be? But six months later, I get a letter. It says, you owe us zero. Don't do it again. And since 1996, I've kept that, I've kept that, I've kept my word. <laughs> Our accounts threw us a curve, didn't they, David? David's like, yeah, those dirty rats. They dropped us. They got old, retired. Said you got to find somebody else, and it's difficult to find those people. But anyhow, what a, what a testimony. Believe God. Receive your miracle today in the name of Jesus. Say this with me. Say, Lord, today I'm believing extra. I'm believing above. I'm believing beyond. I'm expecting miracles. Whatever, listen, whatever it is that you need from God, I'm sensing this in my spirit. Y'all know that I very rarely do this, but whatever it is that you, listen, if you need a car, get your car in Jesus' name.
This, it's not, this isn't about materialism. It's not about being selfish. If that's what you have need, Ted, take your car in the name of Jesus. You rolled in here, you rolled in here mispraising worship because your truck didn't run. You got, you got financial uh, obligations that you can't meet. Receive your miracle in the name of Jesus. You have loved ones that are away from God. Receive your miracle in the name of Jesus. You have sickness in your body, disease, infirmity, affliction. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Lord, I curse every sickness, every disease, every infirmity in the name of Jesus off of those that are here and Lord those that couldn't come because they were feeling sick I bind it in the name of Jesus I command it to come off of your people right now I curse you in Jesus name sickness die disease die wither from the root be healed in the name of Jesus be made well be made whole today for the glory of God for the glory of God I command, I command growths to melt in the name of Jesus. I command bones to become strong in Jesus' name. I command arthritis to melt away in Jesus' name. I command digestive systems to be made well in the name of Jesus. Back trouble to be healed. Hip trouble to be healed in the name of Jesus. Knee trouble to be healed in Jesus' name. Trouble with feet and ankles. In the name of Jesus, be made whole. Right now, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, that you are supplying and providing for every individual in this place. Not just through what they do, but, Lord, but through your supernatural provision and your supernatural increase. I thank you, Lord, that your people are abounding in every, in every way, in everything. Because that's your word unto us. Lord, we're tuning to hear your direction, your instruction. You said tomorrow at about this time. Now, Lord, we just ask you, show us your way. Show us your way in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You know how the Lord did it with Elisha? There were four leprous men. Four leprous men. God took the unexpected. How, how can you expect that four leprous men will make any kind of difference in, in anything? They're dying. But because they were dying, they were desperate. And their desperation, in their desperation, they said, Why sit we here till we die? If we go into the city, famine's in the city, we'll die there. But if we stay here, we're going to die too. So you know what? Let's go to the enemy. Now their idea was, if they save us, we'll live. If they kill us, we're just going to die. But see, that ought to be us. Not let's go plead for mercy from the enemy, but let's, what have we got to lose? Let's go into the enemy's camp, take back what he stole from. 
we sit still, we're going to die. If we go back to who we were, you, what do you have in the world? I don't know if y'all have looked in the world lately, but there's nothing there. There's nothing there. You can talk to some people in this church. You know, back in the day, someone could hand you a pill at a party. You could put it in your mouth and not expect, you know, you could expect to get high. Now you, you might expect to be dead. Today, you're getting back what the devil stole from you in the name of Jesus. Take it back. Take back your health. Take back your money. Take back your family. Take it back in the name of Jesus. Take back, take back your self-esteem. Take back your confidence. Take back your faith. Take back your victory. Right now, take back your ministry in the name of Jesus. Take back your anointing in the name of Jesus. Taking it back today. We're not going to live on the periphery anymore. We're going to believe God for the miraculous. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Listen, if you're here today, you need prayer. We'll, we'll pray for you. Uh, I'm going I'm to turn everybody else loose, but if you want prayer today, if you need prayer today, I'm going to have some of the elders come. So, uh, David, uh, uh, can you come? Can you guys come? Is Jack okay? Is he cool? All right. Come on, David. Come on, Hilda. Mary Ann. Miss Rhonda. Tyler, Ayla, will you come? Sheree, will you come? If you need prayer today, if you want prayer before you leave here today, we're going to pray for you. Whatever it is that you have need of, if you need for someone to lay hands on you, agree with you today in prayer, we're going to pray for you. We're going to believe God with you. Now, if, you, if you're not receiving prayer and you want to go, you're more than free to go. You can hang out here and you can continue to pray uh, with us uh, if you'd like. You can continue to worship for as long as there's worship going on. You can hang out here as long as you want to. Here's the deal with us, man. We love to have fellowship. Greatest opportunity for you to do that. If you're visiting with us today, and this isn't typically your home church, if you're looking for a home church, I just want to say this. Welcome home. Welcome home. <laughs> you might you might could find a better church, but you won't find one like this one. You might could find a better one, you know, maybe maybe better lighting, maybe better, you know, maybe more comfortable seats. Maybe they let you out at a decent time. What's good about hanging out with us is everybody's gone. By the time we get to the restaurant, everybody's gone. We have the run of the place. Amen. But anyhow. Uh, we do have a family and friends day coming up. Uh, can someone remind me of what day that is? March the 26th. That's a long ways away, isn't it? See, to me, it's just around the corner. But uh, if, you, if you typically go someplace else, or if you have other people you'd like to invite, the 26th of March, the taco truck will be here. We're going to have tacos. And we're not trying to draw nobody with the tacos, but I'm going to tell you right now. <sighs> Them tacos were so good. I got some of that oil. I was glory to God. Hallelujah. We was anointing people with the taco grease. It was good. It was good. But anyway, wonderful. It'll be a wonderful day. Uh, you'll have to get here early because uh, typically we have quite a few people that'll come. So, but uh, I love you guys. If you if you have to go, you can go. If you need to go, you can go. The kids are the kids are fine. If they get a little 
restless. But if you need prayer, I want you to come. Uh, stand in front of one of these. We'll pray for you if you need prayer. But uh, otherwise, um, you can go in his presence before you leave. Love someone because you do. I love you and I appreciate every single one of you. Uh, we will be back here tomorrow for Healing Room. Sister Ayla will be ministering. You won't want to miss it. Wednesday night, we continue. Uh, hopefully, we can start to wrap up our study on the gifts and ministries of the Spirit. And then, of course, next Sunday. Um, oh, yes, Friday. That's right. Friday Outreach in Bricktown. So we're back in outreach on Friday. So don't miss that. Some of you say, what, what, do, uh, how do I qualify to go to uh, outreach? Show up. Just show up. They're all the information you can get from Cherie before you leave. If you need prayer, come quick. Is there anybody? I love y'all. I'll see y'all soon. Amen.